Eco Report is a weekly public affairs program providing independent media coverage of environmental and ecological studies with a focus on local, state, and regional people, issues, and events in order to foster open discussion of human relationships with nature and the earth and to encourage you to take personal responsibility for living sustainably in the world. EcoReport is produced by an independent team of volunteers working at the studios of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana and financially supported by listeners like you. Hello, and welcome to Eco Report For WFHB, I'm Juliana Daly. And I'm Frank Marshleck. And now for your environmental reports. WFIU reported the Northern Indiana utility, NIPSCO, wants to raise rates to clean up coal ash ponds at its Michigan City coal plant. Other utilities in the state may be following suit. Activists say NIPSCO's customers shouldn't have to pay for what they call an incomplete cleanup. Though NIPSCO is removing coal ash from its ponds near the plant, it doesn't plan to clean up coal ash used as fill on the site. Susan Thomas is the Director of Legislation and Policy with Just Transition, NWI. Quote, clean it up entirely. Otherwise, Michigan City is going to be left with a toxic brownfield to contend with down the line, end quote, Thomas said. Just Transition, NWI, is also concerned that contamination from the ponds is already leaking into Lake Michigan and nearby Trail Creek. NIPSCO said it believes the coal ash ponds themselves are causing the majority of the problems, and the company is actively working to remove these ponds. To pay for that effort, NIPSCO wants to increase residents' bills by about 30 cents a month. How would you like to receive a free tree by getting rid of a pear tree? Well, that's exactly what you can do. Pam Roberts with MC Iris has identified the calorie pear as the species for the Reduce One Invasive Species Challenge for Bloomington and Monroe County this year. Quote, This year has been an eye-opener for the sheer number of calorie pears invading our landscape. They were especially easy to spot this past spring with their prolific white blooms along roads, forests, and parks, end quote. Calorie pears, also known as Bradford pears, spread easily with birds distributing seeds everywhere. They outcompete with our native species and do not contribute to a healthy ecosystem. You can help reduce the spread by removing the trees from your yard. All you have to do is let MC Iris at www.mciris.org know, and they will provide you with a free tree to replace it. Law enforcement officers arrested six congressional staffers after they held a sit-in in Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's office peacefully protesting Schumer's failure to force the Senate to pass climate change legislation. When asked why the staffers aimed at Schumer and not Manchin, the Democratic senator from West Virginia, 
who's taken more money from fossil fuel industry than any other congressperson and is stymieing climate legislation, one of the staffers said that it was the Senate Majority Leader's job to drum up votes. A total of 17 people participated in the sit-in. Those arrested work for Representatives Cory Bush, Ro Khanna, Jamal Bowman, Jamie Raskin, and Elon Omar. One of those arrested, Philip Bennett, is also the president of the Congressional Workers Union. Another one of those arrested, Saul Levin, a policy advisor to Congressperson Cory Bush, said, quote, We, Hill staff, did something outside the box because we need Schumer and Biden to do something outside the box. We are acting on the emergency basis this moment requires, in hopes they will too. We have no other choice. We've tried everything. We won't give up." End quote. 165 staffers from federal health and environmental agencies and 75 congressional offices have risen up to urge President Biden to give it his all in the fight against the climate crisis. They've written a letter demanding that Biden be more aggressive in his efforts to pass a comprehensive and long-promised climate agenda through the Senate. The letter, which is circulating through the administration in Capitol Hill to garner more signatures, is a desperate response to the growing climate crisis. The letter says, quote, You are the President of the United States of America at a pivotal moment in the history of the world. All we ask is that you do everything in your power. We've done our part. We implore you to do yours, end quote. Senator Joe Manchin, Democrat of West Virginia, who has made his fortune in coal, is blocking climate legislation. The letter to Biden stipulates that Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer could remove Manchin as chair of the Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee, seize completion of the Mountain Valley Pipeline, stop mountaintop removal and coal burning, and set critical water and air pollution standards." End quote. The letter also urges Biden to declare a climate emergency, which would permit him to initiate a ban on crude oil exports, seize fossil fuel imports, and prohibit investments in fossil fuel projects. EcoWatch reports on the status of dead zones at the end of July. Midsummer is the time for forecasts of the size of this year's dead zones and algae blooms in major lakes and bays. Will the Gulf of Mexico dead zone be the size of New Jersey or only as big as Connecticut? Will Lake Erie's bloom blossom to a human health crisis or just devastate the coastal economy? Farmers and landowners nationwide received U.S. $30 billion to support conservation, including practices designed to reduce water pollution from 2005 to 2015 and are scheduled to receive $60 billion more between 2019 and 2028. But these efforts have fallen short, mainly because controls on nutrient pollution from agriculture are weak and ineffective. What's needed is technological innovation and stronger political will. 
The Gulf of Mexico dead zone forms every year during the summer, fueled by nutrients washing down the Mississippi River from Midwest farms. It typically covers at least 6,000 square miles, sometimes expanding up to 9,000 square miles, and affects an area very rich in fisheries. It currently stands at 6,300 square miles and growing. In 2001, the EPA and 12 Mississippi River Basin states agreed to take action to reduce the Gulf dead zone by two-thirds by 2015. Researchers estimate that this would have required reducing nitrogen loads reaching the Gulf by about 45%, mostly from the Corn Belt. Now that the deadline has been extended to 2035, nitrogen and phosphorus loadings at the mouth of the Mississippi River haven't budged in 30 years, so actions taken to date have failed to shrink the Gulf dead zone. Studies show that agriculture contributes 85% of Lake Erie's Maumee River phosphorus load, 65% of the Chesapeake Bay's nitrogen load, and 73% of the nitrogen load and 56% of the phosphorus load to the Gulf of Mexico. The New York Times reports 100 million Americans from Arizona to Boston are under heat emergency warnings, and the drought in the West is nearing dust bowl proportions. Britain declared a national emergency as temperatures soared above 100 degrees Fahrenheit and parts of blistering Europe are ablaze. But on Capitol Hill this week, Republicans were warning against rash action in response to the burning planet. Quote, I don't want to be lectured about what we need to do to destroy our economy in the name of climate change, end quote, said Senator Lindsey Graham, Republican of South Carolina. One Democrat, Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, last week blocked what could have been the country's most far-reaching American response to climate change. But lost in the recriminations and finger-pointing is the other side of the aisle. All 50 Republicans in the Senate have been opposed to decisive action to confront planetary warming. Few Republicans in Congress now outwardly dismiss the scientific evidence that human activities the burning of oil, gas, and coal have produced gases that are dangerously heating the earth. But for many, denial of the cause of global temperature rise has been replaced by an insistence that the solution, replacing fossil fuels over time with wind, solar, and other non-polluting energy sources, will hurt the economy. In short, delay is the new denial. Overwhelmingly, Republicans on Capitol Hill say that they believe that the United States should be drilling and burning more American oil, gas, and coal, and that market forces would somehow develop solutions to the carbon dioxide that has been building in the atmosphere, trapping heat like a blanket around a sweltering earth. The fact that scientists say nations must quickly cut greenhouse gas emissions, or global rising temperatures will reach catastrophic levels does not appear to phase many conservatives. In many ways, elected Republicans mirror the views of their voters. A May poll commissioned by Pew Research Center found 63% of Democrats named climate change as a very big problem, 
while just 16% of Republicans felt the same. President Biden is not proposing to shut down fossil fuel production. He wants to use tax credits and other incentives to speed up the development of wind, solar, and other low-carbon energy and to make electric vehicles more affordable. Senator Lindsey Graham repeated a common refrain from Republicans that it would be foolish for the United States, historically the country that has emitted the most carbon dioxide, to reduce its pollution unless other big polluters like China and India do the same. So it has gone with the Republican Party, where warnings of a catastrophe are mocked as hyperbole and where technologies that do not exist on a viable scale, such as carbon capture and storage and clean coal, are hailed as saviors. At the same time, those that are, such as wind and solar power and electric vehicles, are dismissed as unreliable and overly expensive. American leadership on a global problem is seen as a fool's errand, kneecapping the domestic economy while Indian and Chinese coal bury America's good intentions in soot. According to a class action lawsuit filed in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of California, Skittles, a popular candy made by Mars, is unfit for human consumption because it contains the food coloring titanium dioxide. In 1966, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved the chemical for use in food and maintains that it's safe in food as long as no more than 1% of the weight of a given food is added. However, in May of last year, the European Food Safety Authority revealed research suggesting that the chemical isn't safe to eat in any amount and the European Commission has decided to ban it in food by August of this year. Titanium dioxide has been linked to genotoxicity, the ability to damage human DNA and thereby cause cancer. The two attitudes toward titanium dioxide illustrate a common difference between U.S. and European Union regulators. EU regulators often ban potentially harmful food additives earlier than U.S. ones do. According to Tatiana Santos, European Environmental Bureau chemical manager, quote, the U.S. often waits until the harm is done, and the EU tries to prevent it to a certain extent. It often seems the U.S. favors the market over protection, end quote. In other words, the U.S. tends to favor corporate profits over human health. The lawsuit argues that Mars doesn't have to use titanium dioxide in Skittles because the company has stopped using it in France, where it's banned. A new survey of 3,331 scientists studying biodiversity across 187 countries has revealed that more species are threatened with extinction than previously thought. As many as 50% of species have been threatened with extinction or driven to extinction since 1500, according to survey results. The survey, published in the journal Frontiers in Ecology and the Environment, was conducted to help fill in gaps of information on biodiversity around the globe. 
The survey received 3,331 responses from scientists focused on all major species, habitats, and ecosystems on Earth. A congressional subcommittee has called Soresto, flea, and tick collar the most dangerous such product on the market. The Canadian government found that 45% of 251 deaths of companion animals were probably or possibly linked to the collars, whereas the EPA found that the figure was 33%. Nearly 100,000 dogs and cats suffered injury or death linked to the collar. The subcommittee held a hearing on the matter and recommended that the EPA take the collar off the market immediately. A month later, the EPA hadn't acted, and the subcommittee sent the agency a letter repeating its recommendations. In the hearing, the subcommittee determined that for years the EPA knew the collar was dangerous, but let stores continue to sell it. The Soresto collar contains two highly toxic pesticides, flumethrin and imidacloprid, which attack the nervous system in companion animals. Ignoring the apparent emergency, EPA is slowly conducting a review of Soresto with help from the Food and Drug Administration. After the review is complete this fall, the agency must respond to the approximately 5,400 public comments on the Center for Biological Diversity's petition to take the collar off the market. Europe is in the midst of a climate-fueled heat wave that has ignited dangerous wildfires from Portugal in the west to Turkey in the east. The fires in 2022 could be one of the continent's worst years for extreme weather events like drought and wildfire because of the climate crisis, as AP News reported. The latest round of high temperatures comes less than a month after the continent experienced an early fire-triggering heat wave in June. Statistics show that since 2017, Europe has experienced the most intense forest fires ever seen. It is expected the 2022 forest fire season could follow this trend. Now, a week later, dozens of fires are ranging in Portugal, fueled by record-breaking heat, as BBC News reported. 600 people were forced to evacuate their homes in Leiria. 600 people were forced to evacuate their homes in Laria. The trend in grape growing is more emphasis on more northern wineries. For example, England is now warm enough to grow grapes for wines. Tom Harrow, an English wine merchant and writer, told Mail Online that weather conditions during the current heat wave are great for the grapes. Temperatures could push past 95 degrees Fahrenheit in southeast England this week, where some of the most successful wineries are currently based. This is setting us up for a potentially really good harvest, Hero said. English winemakers will be pretty positive about the way this year is shaping up. As the weather improves, which is a very English way of saying, as the climate disintegrates, there is more and more wine being made further and further afield. Wild salmon off the coast of Washington state are still recovering from an epidemic of parasites called sea lice that 263,000 salmon caused by escaping from Cook's factory fish farm in 2017. After that catastrophic escape, the state banned factory fish farms that raise non-native fish. 
California and Oregon have similar bans in place on non-native factory fish farms in state waters. But the federal government has been trying to build factory fish farms just a few miles off the coast of California, technically in federal waters. However, they would still pose the same environmental risk in the Pacific Ocean. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration is planning other factory fish farms elsewhere. In the Gulf of Mexico, it's proposing another area to be suitable for factory fish farms, which pose the same risk to the Gulf as well as to the endangered species that live in and around it. Factory fish farms also threaten local fishing industries, which depend on the health of wild fish to survive. Those farms are leading to the demise of wild fishing communities by placing downward pressure on fishing prices and creating competition for limited marine space. When fish inevitably escape from federal waters, it's state and local governments that are stuck cleaning up the consequences. A jury just awarded almost $600,000 to the Lummi tribe for containing the salmon that escaped from Cook's fish farm declaring the company negligent in recovery efforts. Nothing will be able to replace the wild salmon runs if another escape from a factory fish farm wipes out wild salmon. More than 90% of the Great Barrier Reef was impacted by coral bleaching during the Australian summer of 2021 to 2022. This is the conclusion of the Great Barrier Reef Marine Park Authority which released the results of aerial surveys. This is the fourth mass bleaching event since 2016 and the sixth to occur on the Great Barrier Reef since 1998. The bleaching is especially notable this year because it is the first time it has happened under La Nina conditions, which usually result in cooler ocean temperatures in the Pacific Ocean, as AP News pointed out. Climate Council researcher Simon Bradshaw told AP News, quote, This is heartbreaking. This is deeply troubling. It shows that our barrier reef really is in this very serious trouble indeed, end quote. The authors noted that bleached coral is stressed but still alive. As water temperatures cool, bleached corals may regain their color and survive a stress event. It happened in 2020 when there was very low coral mortality associated with a mass bleaching event. The U.S. Forest Service has just approved a plan allowing oil trains more than a mile and a half long to travel through a protected roadless area in the Ashley National Forest in Utah. The goal is to massively increase oil production in the Uinta Basin, of Utah and transport the oil to refineries in Gulf Coast communities already suffering from fossil fuel pollution. The rail line would strip bare and pave over 10,000 acres of wildlife habitat, including crucial areas that pronghorns and mule deer need to survive. In Utah's Emma Park, bulldozers and train traffic would force greater sage grouse out of their mating and nesting grounds. Fossil fuel production in Utah's Uinta Basin would be ramped up by billions of gallons of oil annually. Burning that oil would create more carbon pollution than the nation's three largest coal-fired power plants produced combined, imperiling the climate. 
This plan would send oil trains along the Colorado River corridor for hundreds of miles, increasing the risk of fires and oil spills into water that 40 million people in the West rely on. U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack oversees the Forest Service, can cancel this dirty and dangerous plan. For Eco Report, I'm Juliana Daly. And I'm Frank Marshallek. Here at Eco Report, we are currently looking for reporters, engineers, and segment producers. Our goal is to report facts on how we're all affected by global climate disruption and the ongoing assaults on our air, land, and water. We also celebrate ecologists, tree huggers, soil builders, and an assortment of champions who actively protect and restore our natural world, particularly those who are active in South Central Indiana. All levels of experience and all ages are welcome, and we provide the training you'll need. WFHB also offers internships. To volunteer for Eco Report, give us a call at 812-323-1200 or email us at earth at wfhb.org. And now for some upcoming events. A natural rope and plant cordage program is scheduled for Saturday, August 6, from 12.30 to 2.30 p.m. at the Wapahani Mountain Bike Park. This hands-on workshop will help you to identify, find, and process plants into cordage. Register at bloomington.in.gov forward slash parks. Join the park naturalist for a guided Lake Ogle hike on Trail 7 at Brown County State Park on Sunday, August 7th from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Hear the history of the lake and learn about the animals that make the lake home. There are short staircases, uneven surfaces, and muddy spots. Take the full sturgeon moon hike at Spring Mill State Park on Friday, August 12th, from 10 to 11 p.m. Anthony will meet you at the Donaldson Cave parking lot for this summertime night hike. Learn history and lore of the full sturgeon moon. Take a beginner kayaking class at the Paintown State Recreation Area at Monroe Lake on Sunday, August 14th from 10 a.m. to noon. The class is designed for people who have little or no paddling experience. You will learn basic paddling and safety skills in a quiet water area. Sign up at bit.ly begkayak-aug14-2022. Learn composting basics at Winslow Woods Park on Sunday, August 14th from 2.30 to 3.30 p.m. Learn how to prepare your garden for the fall, how to incorporate composting in your yard, and why composting is important. Meet in the shelter and register at bloomington.in.gov forward slash parks. Eco Report is brought to you in part by MPI Solar a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. Found locally at 812-334-4003 and on the web at mpisolarenergy.com. This week's headlines were written by Norm Holly, Linda Green, and Juliana Daly. Juliana Daly assembled the script and Linda Green and Patrick Callahan edited it. 
For WFHB, I'm Juliana Daly. And I'm Frank Marshallek. And this is Eco Report. You've been listening to the Eco Report, a volunteer powered production of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana. Available for download and podcast at news.wfhb.org. Eco Report is your independent, ecologically inspired news source for South Central Indiana, bringing you news that the earth wants you to hear. Send your comments, suggestions, and story ideas directly to the Eco Report staff. The email address is earth at wfhb.org. That's earth at wfhb.org. Thank you.